0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Trader Corp Crypto Show. Today we've got Craig Bercevich. He's the lead of the blockchain part of Capco. He's joining us from uh, Toronto, Canada. Craig, thank you so much for uh, being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on.
0: Look, mate, I'm really excited to uh, discuss some of the topics because you've been in the space for quite some time. You've been in uh, technology for quite some time. Actually, if you could, wouldn't mind just bringing us all up to speed with a bit of an introduction as to your career and how you've come to where you are now, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've I've definitely been in the technology space for about 30 years now. And I originally got involved in uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain about eight years ago. And it was just happenstance. I was in a Starbucks having coffee. A couple of students from one of the local universities near where I live were talking about Bitcoin and wanting to build a wallet. And so I started talking with them and kind of getting up to date on on what they were thinking of doing and what this project was all about. And as we got into more detail about, you know, what what they wanted to do. And this was partially a, a, like a school project that they wanted to, to build. I said, well, you know, we could, if this is something that you think is going to become really big, like we could probably get a little bit of money behind it, really develop a a product for it and then see where we can, we can take it. And they actually thought that was a really interesting idea. So uh, we managed to find a little bit of funding. We, Pulled together all of the wallet code for uh, for a Bitcoin wallet, and this would have been back in probably about uh, late 2010. And then, uh, as we got into uh, late 2011, they they launched this wallet. I think at the time it was called Can Wallet. And uh, we found some interested folks down in the in the Caribbean, and they were looking to build something more along the lines of an of an exchange, uh, but they felt that. By acquiring this wallet, it kind of gave them uh, something to start with, something to work from. And so they were basically able to build further from having the, the wallet to a full exchange operation. So they incorporated pieces of this code, rebranded the wallet to, uh, to an operation that was down in the Caribbean.
0: Wow. Is it still going today?
1: Uh, it still operates today, yeah. So they, they have an exchange that basically allows for you know, fiat to uh, cryptocurrency purchasing to occur.
0: Man, that's a really interesting story. And know the question needs to be, I mean, you worked on the technology back then. It sounds like you were sort of helping out some uni students yes. uh, in your local area. Did you uh, Did you see the, the vision for Bitcoin and blockchain back then? Or was that sort of just sort of helping the, your local neighbor out with a bit of a project?
1: So I think as we dig into the technology and, and certainly, you know, looking at the original white paper that was written uh, to launch Bitcoin Obviously you could see that there was a lot of potential there. And so working with, with the wallet aspect of it really allowed me to dig into sort of the technology behind it and how it all worked and came together. And then as we started to see, uh, you know, as we got into 2012 and more and more people were launching their own, uh, kind of versions of, of, uh, cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain solutions, and we saw more and more development of it. That's where you started to see, okay, this, this is going to become, you know, a real game changing technology in a lot of different industries. And did you strike at that point? Did, did you see
0: the, the growth, like the potential for it and start investing? Or was it more sort of something that you were still interested in?
1: So I actually ended up investing more in the mining side. So I started uh, gearing up on on doing mining and stuff so I I've, I've been mining in the cryptocurrency space uh, easily since 2012. Uh between Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh Zcash and a number of different ones. Uh so I focused on on basically most of my acquisitions been focused through the mining side of cryptocurrencies. And then um <clears throat> as I joined on with Capco uh, just over 4 years ago, uh got more focused in in the actual uh, blockchain implementation and usage uh, for solutions in in the financial space. Uh, so Capco does consulting focused purely in the in the financial industry.
0: Okay, so you've moved into that space, yeah?
1: Yeah. So so now I, I've been more into the the technology, the implementation, the integration from a from a financial industry perspective. And now what we're starting to talk to is um, getting some thought leadership around crypto asset. Uh, capabilities within the banking industry. So now we're starting to talk to how, how do we incorporate crypto assets along with the traditional fiat asset products that people already have today. So, you know, where you have a traditional savings checking account, why can't you have your Bitcoin and Ethereum account sitting, you know, all on the same page with your bank? And so those are some of the topics that we're tackling with our team right now.
0: Well, that's a really interesting point, and 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 bizarrely, I mean, I, I sit here and I scratch my head about that. Like, why haven't I thought of that? Like, you know, why I, I haven't actually thought of the world, uh, not so much from a product point of view, from my point of view, but why haven't I thought of the world where a bank would list the currency that is Bitcoin, Ethereum, and whatever else they want to list because it 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 makes sense and it is still quite clunky, isn't it? It's still. A bit of hard work. So you're working at the very forefront. I mean, talking with the banks and whatnot, That these are big players in the space. Obviously, Capco being a big player there as well. What are some of the most exciting advancements that you're either working on or that you're seeing at the moment incorporating blockchain into the, I suppose, mainstream or into the world? What are the exciting advancements you've got in blockchain at the moment?
1: There's a number of different things that we're seeing in different areas of the industry um, that I think can change very quickly. I think um, you know now, now that we're we're seeing next generation protocols coming in in some of the new blockchain uh, launches, like you look at EOS and Cardano, a number of other projects that are launching, um, seeing something other than proof of work <laughs> uh, style blockchains coming to the to the forefront um, in in the in the, in the open blockchain space is, is going to be really cool to see where some of these new ideas, you know, whether they're mathematical or, or conceptual and, and how they play in the real world and in real applications is going to be really good. Um, you know, obviously read a lot of things around game theory related to proof of staking models that have been issued and, and a bunch of other things. It's going to, it's going to be really interesting to see in the real world, how a lot of those play out. Um, in the financial industry side, Uh, a lot of the implementation implementations that we do a blockchain on the financial industry side are really uh, like closed private blockchain type solutions. So you generally know who all the node holders are, you know, who all the participants are. um, And, you know, you're using a very fast uh, protocol base because you don't need to have all of the same uh, mechanisms going on in, in an open trustless blockchain solution. Right. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think, um, you're, you're going to start to see a lot more implementations in, uh, solutions coming from a lot of the traditional players and the clearing houses like Swift in the payments industry. Um, Stellar Lumens has, uh, is making a lot of strides in the, in the public payments side, payments processing and money movement, especially for cross border. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much uptake they get with their solution. And then. Um, I think another big area that's going to be impacted is also uh, trade trade finance is is probably a really big place where blockchain is going to make a, a big impact just because it, it involves so many players from you know suppliers to manufacturers to distributors all the shipping companies global shipping and all of the creditors that are involved all along the food chain uh, in in a trade finance solution it's it's going to be a big
0: well, that's uh, it's certainly been talked about a lot in the oil industry, and that's, uh, that's definitely an area where it's needed because I've, uh, I've spent some time trying to put deals together in that space many, many moons ago. And um, everybody is like, trust is not a word that you would associate with doing deals in oil. I'll put it that way. So the, you know the blockchain can help with that, no doubt. Yeah, I know. Absolutely it's an interesting space and look one of the things that I, I think is like there is a lot of advancements going on i'm, I'm interested that you talked about cell lumens and the public payment side of things and and also the private blockchain for this in these institutions i think we'd call them do we see that as being i mean look you've got your purists who think that you know blockchain should be for the people and that's it no one else should have access to it um which i i don't agree with at all um i just want to make that clear but everyone's entitled to their own view and i totally respect that what do you think the biggest challenges are for the market and for not just for the market side, but for the space as you know, as a whole because, you know, the we want to see the space grow. For it to grow, we need to collaborate with different industries and different players within the global economy for it to truly take hold. What are the issues that we face and what are the biggest threats from your point of view, Craig?
1: For overall adoption in industries, do you mean? Yeah. A lot of big pieces that people are still trying to figure out is is – regulatory concerns uh, in in a number of different venues um, it it has an opportunity to smooth a lot of cross-border situations and issues but that also means that it it takes out a lot of players that are involved in that solution in the way things are done today right so, you know, I think like the, the biggest concern and you know, I've always said this with with Bitcoin is uh, and, and some of the early days of cryptocurrencies is that, you know, you, re- you start to realize that, yeah, you don't need a lot of middle people uh, to do a transaction. Like I can very easily send Bitcoin to you uh, for my phone and it lands in your phone and and we've we've made an exchange of, of funds. So and the and the problem is that, you know, when you when you make it that simple, you <laughs> um, all of the players start to realize that they're not part of the transaction anymore. Right. So, and then when banks start looking at a lot of these solutions, they realize, well, well, we don't really need banks anymore because the bank is basically in your smartphone or in your computer, uh, wherever you want to store the keys. Right. So, yeah. So all all of these middlemen get, it end up getting taken out. And, you know, we've, we've done some similar solutioning, you know, in the, in the equities trading space where, you know, amazingly, this system has been created that really nobody knows who's transacting with anybody. And there's dozens of clearing houses involved in completing the, the trades of, of stocks in the stock exchange. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you want to move the whole thing in, into blockchain, then, you know, basically all of those people don't need to be part of the, the whole transaction. But it was really cool to explore some of the aspects of the, of the way that you can basically do a traditional IPO, uh, but have it all managed completely through smart contracts and uh, all the different ways that you could basically complete a lot of the similar functions that are done today from an exchange operation, IPO, stock trading, all of those pieces and have it all completely done in a blockchain blockchain.
0: Well, I think what you said before about you know all the different places for the for the clearing of a, of, a, of a share deal, for example, it's it's I just get a visual in my head straight away, and that that visual is one piece of uncooked spaghetti yep. that's blockchain, and a bowl of cooked spaghetti is the current system in stocks, just <laughs> a complete mess. <laughs> so um, look, there's 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 no doubt that, that you know, and, and look, a lot of uh, I know that's uh, one of the big four, a number of the big four banks here in Australia are using blockchain, especially for their international dealing desks, um, sending money across to clear clear trades and whatnot. There's been happening for a number of years. So we are seeing the uptake of blockchain, but blockchain is not, you know, that is a technology. It's like the internet. Lots can be built on it. It's about what we build on it and what projects are coming through. Um, so you guys are, you know, you've got some things coming up, which we'll touch on in just a minute, Craig. But as it stands at the moment, what, what are the, you know, I'm not sure if you're in a position to say or not, but uh, what are some of your favourite projects in the space at the moment? And I'm, I'm not not—I'm sug- not asking this for, for any form of investment opinions or advice. We don't do that. But more about what, what do you see as, you know, something that you can really see as being uh, potentially changing if they can pull the plan off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, like a lot of the projects that I'm really keen on are um, uh, ever ledger, which I believe is doing the diamond registry. Um, and it's, you know, basically from being taken out of the ground, tracing it all the way through the manufacturing process. And it's, and it's trying to provide a platform that is assuring that give, giving, buyer's assurance that they're not buying blood diamonds or and any other sort of you know nefarious sourced diamonds and and you understand you know where it was mined where it was um cut where it was polished how it was set you know and you get that whole thing and then it, it, the ledger will keep track of ownership of that diamond basically forever any anytime it changes hands that they will mark it in the ledger um, another another really cool project uh, that i was tapping into uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, based over in France. And it has to do with, um, related to wineries and a lot of the projects that I really like usually have, uh, internet of things type components where there's a lot of devices and a lot of data and a lot of information being tracked. And so, uh, you know, obviously Fran- France, being, uh, you know, a big part of the wine industry, one, uh, one one of the things that they've been trying to protect is that you know if you go into a store and you're buying a Beaujolais that you're buying a Beaujolais that came from that region in France, not somebody who's saying that they have Beaujolais grapes from somewhere else in the world, right? And all and all of these types of protections around the naming and the and the branding of of grapes and wines coming from France. And so uh, one one group is looking uh, as part of this uh, to to ensure some of these. Things is what they want to do is basically within the vineyards they want to put uh, a whole bunch of sensors uh, in the vineyards that track a lot of weather data over the course of the growing season and publish all of that data into uh, the blockchain. And then, as the the grapes get harvested, um, then basically all of the all of the harvest bundles will get tagged. And then, going from the uh, from the grower to the winery, you would have uh, a trace of what grapes went to which wineries and then which grapes got crushed into which barrels, which barrels got put into which bottles of wine, which were put into cases and then sold to you as a consumer. And then basically there would be like a QR code on the label and you would basically be able to unlock all of this information. You'd be able to, while you're in sipping and enjoying your bottle of wine, you'd be able to look through, you know, the details of all of the people that were involved in making that bottle of wine. what, you know the season looked like uh for the growing season of the grapes that were put into uh, that wine and then you have you know an assured understanding of all of the content and everything that went into the bottle of wine that you bought
0: the only issue i have with that is that i was taught much many many years ago not to mix business with pleasure you are slipping into that one craig
1: uh, I think I could handle it with this particular solution.
0: <laughs> well, fair enough. And look, you've got some—you've uh, got some exciting things coming up in Europe. You told me about before. Do you, I'd like you to just elaborate on that a little bit as to what you're doing and what's happening over there, and when that's happening.
1: On the, on the crypto asset uh, work that we're doing, we also get involved in uh, some ICOs. And uh, our UK office in London is going on September the 25th. They're going to be having a uh, an ICO pitch day. And then I think it's followed up the next day. I think there's a, a group of the ICO pitches are going to be selected to uh, uh, to come back the next day for kind of an, an investor relations type of day. Uh, and then they're also on September the 27th in our Zurich office in Switzerland. Uh, they're going to be doing a similar ICO pitch day as well. That's really cool. So you got plenty on. Some interesting events, yeah. So they're specifically looking for blockchain-based companies that are pre-ICO to come in and pitch their solutions and ideas and uh, basically help them with uh, some of the ICO launch effort that might be going into that, uh, and then also connect them with some uh, investment and and capital folks.
0: Excellent. So uh, that's fantastic. You certainly have your hands full after... very, uh, I guess, illustrious career in technology. You've moved into the space that we all see as being the most phenomenal uh, for growth, for innovation, and um, I guess having world-changing potential. So it's no surprise at all, Craig, that you're in this space. I really appreciate your time. Before you go, mate, if you could just uh, basically let everybody know how they can find out more information about you, what you're up to, and uh, what's going on there at Capco.
1: You can uh, certainly go to our, uh, our website at capco.com. Um, we have a number of pages in there in the insights uh, page where we published a lot of thought leadership around blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies and ICOs. And there's an events page on capco.com that has all the details of the different events we have going as well.
0: Excellent. Well, Craig, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show once again. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to keeping an eye on the projects that you have coming out and uh, following what you guys at Capco Digital are up to and uh, the ICOs that are coming out of your stable. So thanks so much for your time and we'll speak to you again very soon. Craig, chat soon. All right, guys. Thanks so much for your time. Bye for now. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Cobb, or the audio presenter.